Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share a story of someone's journey through their life in Financial Vineyard. We take you from their roots to the journey of their vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft their delicious lives. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime, where we take a journey through several different uh, comments that were collected when I asked the question about concerns or fears that people were thinking about in retirement. I also asked the question of what retirement looks like and actually nobody defined that specific question, which I found really interesting. But I wanna walk through some of the fears that were expressed. However, before we dive into that, I do wanna mention as I I, uh, promised at the last podcast, Brett and I were fortunate enough to take some time uh, on a day in in a beautiful month of uh, June and go and explore um, a couple different wineries, some of our favorites, with the idea that we would be looking for rosés. And we came across three rosés that I wanted to share with you in case you're looking for a perfect, in my opinion, summer wine that's got a hint of red and a hint of white, a freshness of white. Starting with Lakewood Winery, they have, and I've mentioned them many times in the past, but they have a rosé wine that I think is a perfect price point. It's about $10 a bottle. And their uh, wine is, in my opinion, that crisp summer, refreshing rosé that if you're transitioning in between white and red, this is a perfect wine for you. We then headed up the side of the lake further to go to another one of my favorites, which is Prejean. Now, Prejean is currently out of stock of their rosé, but when it comes back in, a little bit higher price point, but just mouthwatering. So if you're looking for a middle-of-the-road rosé with a fabulous taste, middle-of-the-road price point with a fabulous taste, check out uh, when the new release comes out, check out the wine coming from Prejean, the rosé coming from Prejean. And then third, we wrapped around to the other side of actually to another lake, Cuca Lake, where we touched base with uh, one of our favorite wineries again, which is um, 
Weiss, which is spelled like Weiss, W-E-I-S, but it's pronounced Weiss, which is a German-made wine. And they have two rosés, two dry rosés. One is made with Zweigelt and the other is a dry rosé. Now, the Zweigelt is very limited quality, quantity, excuse me, high quality, very limited quantity. So if you're listening to this podcast, it may or may not be available if you're searching uh, at this point in time. We encourage you to get in your car if you are um, interested and explore these different wineries. If you're not from the area, uh, many of the wineries are starting to send canned wine. So it ships a little bit better um, or you can order and just don't forget to let bottle shock wear off a little bit. If you do order it, don't open the bottle right away. So those are our top recommendations for rosé wines. And we particularly chose rosé for this podcast because June 16th happens to be National Rosé Wine Day. So that's where I'm coming from. Now, hopping over to the comments that I made or the questions that I made about the biggest fears that somebody is considering um, in, you know, heading into retirement. Overwhelmingly, I heard not having enough money to live comfortably till the end of life. Uh, Second part of that was hoarding too much money and not enjoying it while you're alive. And then third was healthcare risks. And one of the things that I think is really important when we talk about uh, retirement is, first of all, and and by the way, nobody actually said, what does retirement look like for you? Nobody actually answered that question. So I think that, you know, when we start out thinking about retirement, one of the first steps that we want to have people do is, is actually define what retirement looks like for them because retirement looks so different for so many different people. You you may phase into retirement, which certainly changes the projections of how much you need to save for retirement and can and and if you love your job and you want to work longer, then that's certainly an option. Um, we have to think about things that get in the way of retirement, right? So when we do the financial planning process. We walk through, when we're onboarding a client, we walk through a couple different steps before we even get to the retirement and investment discussion. And that's because there's a lot of things that can get in the way prior to actually retirement. So for example, when when we start the process and identify where you're at right now, so kind of like a financial audit, like where do things look like right now? What can possibly get in the way of retirement? Well, there's things like death and disability and job loss and loss of a spouse, divorce, all of those things can get in the way of, of retirement and the way that you know life is right now. So identifying all of those risks are the first step in our opinion of of you know making sure that you get to retirement the way that you want but then we also have to think about what is the vision of retirement what do you actually want in retirement are you somebody who traveled all your life so you really don't want to travel or are you somebody who hasn't had the chance to travel and you want to travel a ton and maybe you want to travel a lot in the beginning stages, but not in the ending stages, we have to start thinking about what does retirement look like before we can worry about whether or not we're going to run out of money. And we also have to take into consideration justifiably what our our hereditary health concerns are and also what our current health concerns are and if there's any health concerns that would be ongoing chronic type health concerns. But again, visioning 
what can get in the way, which is those health concerns, is a big part of that first uh, risk that we talk about. Secondly, we often talk about some of the other competing goals that could get in the way of retirement, such as paying for education for your children, or if you'd like to buy your dream home someplace that's currently out of reach, at least mentally, in your head during retirement. What are those competing goals that are are going to exist? And how do taxes get in the way of retirement? People often talking, talking about running out of money. Is there a tax efficient way that we can create more income for ourselves in retirement versus paying more in taxes? So again, you know, looking at those kinds of risks that can get in the way and then diving into retirement and the investment side of retirement are kind of the final steps because again, you know, investment risk can come into play as can saving risks, not saving enough, not taking enough risk in your portfolio to actually grow the money the way that you need it to and getting comfortable with the idea of what risk really is. Because a lot of people think of risk as market up and down, but risk can be not outperforming inflation. Risk can be um, you know, saving too much in one bucket that makes it more taxable than another bucket. So we, we have to take that step back when we're forming the idea of, well, what does retirement look like? Once you have an idea, and for some people, we try to create kind of like a vision board. You know, what do you want to do in retirement? What do you love about your life right now and you want to do more of? Or again, do you want to work part-time in retirement? I know a lot of people that will retire from their career and then take on a second career because that's what they want to do. What are you currently spending and what will you be spending in retirement is a big part of that planning process to know, should you be spending more money now or should you be saving more money now and, you know, allowing you to spend more money later in life? It's a it's a big shift when we think about the average life expectancy in retirement age, right? So for males, the average life expectancy is age 84 and for females, it's 87. And actually that might be a little bit lower now with the new tables that are adjusted. But some of that is lifestyle. Some of that is, you know, your own, how, how you stay active in retirement. But the point about that I'm trying to bring up is that if we can come up with some of those numbers and we can come up with some of those goals, then we can start to come up with some bucket strategies. And I I know that when we have worked with other people in the past that have these fears of not having enough money, having um, healthcare costs be extreme, and then defaulting to, well, I don't want to do anything now because I might not have enough money in retirement. It's really very helpful if we can come up with some buckets. So bucket number one is based on what's your biggest fear. And if your biggest fear is healthcare concerns, why don't we start putting money in that bucket, that specific bucket and label it healthcare money. So as part of your overall savings plan, we may have a bucket called healthcare. We almost, we, we want to have a, another bucket that's called income for retirement. So a specific bucket that is there to generate income during retirement. Now that might not just be assets. That might be social security if you're lucky enough to have a pension, but that bucket exists to say, what are, what are our resources to provide the minimum fund living expenses that we want to have during retirement? So now we've got the two buckets 
that our minimum income for retirement covers basic expenses. Maybe we even have a third bucket that we call a travel or home retirement home purchase or could even have a fourth bucket. The, the point that I'm trying to get at is the reason, in my opinion, there is a lot of fear is because we can't see what it is that we're saving for. We save aggregately, right? We save in a 401k plan. We save in a 403b plan, but we save aggregately and we don't break out those buckets to say this part of our savings is for healthcare. This part is for travel. This part is for living expenses. But perhaps that's what we need to be doing. Now, longevity gets thrown in there too, right? So we can plan for a very long life expectancy um, so that the, the money is there for income and healthcare purposes. And we hope that you live that long. We can also plan on the average to see what that looks like and maybe marry the two somewhere in the middle. But I think, again, if we look at healthcare buckets, especially if you're in your early 40s or early late 30s, when you're really starting to think even more so about this, we have time to save in those buckets. And it could be that the bucket is retirement money, but we could name it, give it a name. I read a great book by somebody I've actually had on this podcast before, um, Dr. Barbara O'Neill. She's also a CFP and she wrote a book called Flipping the Switch. And it's a guide to, it says, your guide to happiness and financial security later in life. And even though that the idea behind it is um, is that it's, it's meant for somebody who's later in life. I think it's an uh, uh, incredible book to read even when you're not there yet, because it gives you some ideas about what you should be thinking about in the future. And again, just education, I think, draws down the fear, right? Um, deciding if you have enough is really important. And she suggests that you can actually do some savings calculations. There are several online calculators, actually. And one that she points out is a FINRA retirement calculator. And that can be found on uh, the FINRA website and specifically tools.finra.org slash retirement underscore calculator. You get to answer uh, 13 questions about your current retirement savings, and it'll give you some basic input, right? So there's also Vanguard has a um, couple of different calculators out on their website that can help give you some ideas. uh, And they even use some some Monte Carlo scenarios. And she further goes on to mention, you know, maybe even ha- uh, hiring a financial planner and paying, um, you know, a fee to have those projections run because they can, they can kind of jog your memory about things that you might be looking for. And I know that's sort of self-serving in my particular situation, but it is something that's important because we think of things like, what are those competing goals? What are those buckets? Um, what what do you want retirement years to look like? What do you want caregiving to look like later in life? Those important questions we dig into through some of the software that we use. And the other thing that we always you know mention to people, and we don't have you know certainly we'd love to work with anybody that wants to dig into that. But you can find a, a good financial you can find a financial planner whether they're good or not. I shouldn't say that, but you can find a financial planner. Many of them are working remotely anymore. So no matter where you are in the country, you can match your style or needs of financial planning with a financial planner you think will best suit you. But you can find a CFP, a certified financial planner, by going out to www.letsmake 
makeaplan.org. That's the CFP site that you can find a financial planner for. Um, so those are some ideas about, you know, just running some calculators on yourself. But even thinking about what, again, what do you want for, what do you want your retirement to look like? And creating those buckets, I think is really important. If you can envision, uh, you know, different buckets, you could even do boxes or whatever, but if you could take a piece of paper out and actually write down the different buckets that you're thinking about living expenses, healthcare, maybe you have some college expenses, maybe you have some wedding expensial expenses or rehearsal expenses. Um, it's possible that you want to buy a home. It's possible that you want to t- uh, take on vacation, all of those kinds of things. Those are all buckets that we need to start thinking about. And we need to start saving into those particular buckets so that you can see where your assets are actually lit being laid out. And then you can start to, I guess, release the fear a little bit of what it's, what is actually holding you back. And, and then you can start to say, okay, if those buckets are full, now I can start to think about buckets prior to retirement, right? So what do I want to do prior to retirement? So a lot of times I'll draw a line on a piece of paper down the middle of the paper and I'll have pre-retirement and post-retirement and we'll have buckets for each of those. And sometimes we just do it in software depending on the visual that's needed for people. But when we do that, that really alleviates the fear in our experience about those kinds of concerns. Now, I'm not saying that it, it alleviates it completely. I'm just saying it helps reduce some of the fears that people have when they take the, the extra step to do some of that. Um, we will continue to explore this area of retirement. June is Retirement Awareness Month. Um, one of the things that I wanted to mention to people because they do get very confused when we start talking about types of retirement accounts is I wanted to take just a few minutes to talk about the savings vehicles since I've talked about the buckets, the savings vehicles and and just some suggestions. Now, this these might not be all right for you. But, and that's one of the things we always say about financial planning is that what's right for your neighbor might not be right for you because of all of the different circumstances involved in financial planning. But thinking about the different types of retirement vehicles, you've got the standard retirement vehicles like 401k, 403b, 457. Those are all very similar types of plans. They just work with different types of companies. So for example, a 401k used to be limited to a for-profit company because technically it's a profit sharing plan that has a salary deferral provision associated with it, but they've expanded the uh, the types of companies that can now use them. 403Bs are typically for nonprofit organizations or schools. That's typically where we uh, saw 403Bs. So educators used 403Bs a lot um, because they were for nonprofit organizations. And then 457 plans are generally for government workers. Now there's a whole, I'm talking about qualified plans or um, plans that have employee deferrals. There's a different type of 457 plan that if you're a highly compensated individual or if you're being offered a, a deferred compensation plan that is is different than what I'm talking about right now. But um, those limits have similar, those plans have similar deferral limits, which are, you know, based on your age. So if you're under 50 uh, versus over 50. 
There's also IRAs and there's two types of IRAs. One is a traditional IRA and one is a Roth IRA. I'm going to take just a moment to explain that. So a traditional IRA can be either deductible or non-deductible. And a traditional, so a lot of people think I can't make an IRA contribution. I make too much money. We'll say, no, you can still make an IRA contribution. It just might not be a deductible IRA contribution. So a traditional IRA is the way they work is you put money in and you may be able to deduct them on your taxes or you may not. But the earnings regardless, so if you can deduct them on your taxes, then it lowers your taxes and then the earnings grow tax-free until tax deferred until you pull the money out. Then you have to pay tax on that, right? So if you were able to deduct your IRA contribution, it went in, it reduced your taxes, the earnings grow over time, they're all tax sheltered. And then when you go to take money out, you have to pay taxes on that money. If it was a tax, if it was a non-taxable Um, So you couldn't tax it. In other words, you put money in the traditional IRA, but you couldn't deduct it. You couldn't take it as a deduction on your tax return. The earnings still grow tax deferred. But when you take money out, the taxability of that is a combination of taking into consideration what you didn't um, take as a deduction on your tax return and what you earned. And it is, it, it's not one or the other. It's not like first in, last out or last in, first out. It is a combination. It's a calculation that has to be used to, to come up with how much is taxable. A lot of times, if you can't deduct your traditional IRA, then we suggest that you do it. You do a, a Roth IRA and a Roth IRA goes in. You can't deduct it off your tax returns. The earnings grows tax-free as long as you meet all of the requirements behind taking the money out. Um, You can always get to the contributions and that truly is a contribution comes out first if you ever do need to take money out and it's not, you haven't met the requirements for a a waiver of penalty and taxes on that money. Um, the, The, if you make too much money though, you can't make a Roth contribution. Then we would go back to making the non-deductible traditional IRA and then possibly converting it into a Roth IRA, which is what's called a backdoor Roth IRA. Now there's some restrictions on that because if you already have a traditional IRA that, that has a balance, there may be a complication with that. So often we look for opportunities within your company 401k plan to make after-tax contributions if that's the case. Um, So I know I just threw a lot at you for savings. The one thing that I wanted to make sure that I also mentioned is it's okay to save in an after-tax account too. And one of the reasons why I point that out is because what we see happening a lot for people that are in their late 40s, early 50s is they've done a fabulous job saving in all of the pre-tax accounts. But then when they go to retire, everything that they have to pull out is in pre-tax money and they're paying taxes on it. And they're generally living at a higher rate of living than they were when they were in their 20s and 30s. So it may not make sense to put all your eggs in one baskets from a savings type. So we, we hear that a lot from an investment type. But we also want people to understand it's really important to have different savings buckets heading into retirement as well. And that's important that we start that at a very early age. 
So again, we're going to continue to explore retirement planning throughout the month of, of June. Uh, if you have any questions, have any um, things that you'd like us to explore further, please send us an email and let us know. Uh, that's info at rootedpg.com uh, or on any other social media that you might follow us, us follow us on. We also ask that you head on over to uh, Apple or to SoundCloud and rate us so that we know um, you enjoy this podcast and other people can find this great information or we hope what you think is great information. Thank you very much for listening. And again, stay tuned for more information about retirement planning in the month of June. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rooted PG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.